Hi, everybody. Welcome to the third Mayfair podcast. Uh, we have just spent the last 10 minutes pushing buttons and setting gain levels, and we joked about just leaving that in because it was very exciting stuff. <laughs> uh, so we're back for... Uh, the first thing I thought is that we should name these things because... Name them after <laughs> movies or something? Yeah. Like the one you, where we talked about yeah. blah, blah. Because the first one was just Mayfair Theater. The second one was just called Episode 2. Yeah. Because, because I'm, I'm still a, learning how to label them properly. Because I'm a nerd, anytime someone says episode, I just go to the Star Wars movies. Uh, but yeah. I thought we could just title them that or whatever. Part This is episode three, so I don't... What was... Um, Revenge what, of the Sith. What was the third Police Academy movie? Uh, back, back in Training. Why do you know I, that? I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sad that I know that. Um, I did that. I, I did a movie podcast a while ago, and I, I would do that. I, I actually... I think I named my third episode Back in Training. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. In, in tribute to your other podcast, we can name this one Back in Training. We just we go through the Police Academy movies, and then when we hit like the teens, we can just loop over to whatever those so, are. So like Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> so episode seven will be Mission to Moscow. Yeah. Nice. Starring uh, the only thing I know about Mission to Moscow is that Christopher Lee's in it and Ron Perlman, I think. Man, because I haven't seen it, and I was looking at Christopher Nobody's Lee's seen resume, it. and I was like, Christopher, and it, I always use that as a go-to example when. When someone, um, you know, trashes an actor for taking, like, a, a, a dubious role, I'm like, well, you know, you got to pay the bills. And every once in a while, if an agent says, hey, Mr. Lee, do you have three weeks off? Do you want to do this? And you're like, yeah, okay. It's, it's the Michael, Michael Caine syndrome. The, 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 I think the greatest actor of, my, my favorite actor of modern times. Yeah. Who's, you know, Oscar winner. And if you look at him, like, decade to decade, he's always in really diverse movies, whether it be like, mm. you know, Austin Powers or Cider House Rules or the Batman films. Jaws 4. But then you got Jaws 4. <laughs> and then you got like, he just did the one with The Rock, the um, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth 2. Journey oh, Earth right. Two. And he's in Kingsman. Yeah, he'll just take a gig. He doesn't care. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I got a couple days off. I'll do that. <laughs> but uh, those are all movies that aren't at the main <laughs> Uh, the, but the first story I thought just to kick things off was... Should we say who we are? Oh, God, yeah, who are we? I'm Josh. I'm, I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. <laughs> and uh, Mel's, Mel's going to try to speak up. I'm going to try to talk. Because she's quiet. With my voice. You uh, sound a lot more clear, a lot louder than previous times. You, you, were, you were like a, a, uh, an Easter egg in the first couple of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> who is laughing? It might have been a go- It's the Baba Duke. <laughs> it's, it's the, the Baba Duke. Um... I came to see, my girlfriend and I came to see Birdman, uh, which we are in the midst of holding over for a second week. Yeah, I'm going to watch it this week. Oh, it's so good. It's so nice that when there's a movie that has crazy amount of hype, and you might have a connection to, because like, you, you love the actor or the filmmaker, and I love Michael Keaton. I'm, I'm a, I'm a yeah. child of mm-hmm. Michael Keaton, Batman, and, uh, but, but this story is just about the afterwards. Uh, we were leaving, getting ready to go. And my girlfriend overheard a couple of our lovely patrons, and one of them looked up towards the balcony and said, oh, they have a Terry Fox statue. (laughs) (laughs) And my girlfriend said, no, that's Han Solo and Carbonite. And I believe, maybe we'll get an email now, I believe the woman looked at her as if, what is a Han Solo and Carbonite? And then they kind of left. But I just thought that was hilarious that that was their... I've I've gotten that before. That's the first... The go-to thing is that for some reason we have a Terry Fox statue up in our balcony. Frozen in carbonite. Frozen in carbonite. That's how our one of our greatest Canadian heroes should be displayed. I mean, Frozen well, the way that the way that Han Solo's legs appear. I don't want to be crass, but he is lacking a leg. One one there, God, there's there one be, yeah. one leg is <laughs> one leg is more visible than the other. Than the other. Yeah. Because 
That's how I want to go. I want to be putting carbonite and put on display at the Mayfair. Mayfair That's in my will. So eventually, hopefully a long time from now, when you see two Han Solos and carbonite, one is me up there. One will be Josh. But yeah, but but Birdman was... was, It's so funny because I was working box office on one of the afternoons, and Birdman has done very well, especially we've more... uh, Not planned, but we've had some more grown-up matinees the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. And when stuff like that happens... Uh, is not because we don't want to be playing family matinees. It's just because we don't have something have access to available. Them. And it's award season. And it's award season. So we, we were showing uh, Birdman during the afternoon, and it was doing very well. And one woman walked out about 15 or 20 minutes in, and she wasn't happy at all. And she basically just said, this, I'm paraphrasing, but she said, that this, this movie's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, and It yes, looks it from the bits and pieces that I've seen, but weird enough that... Yeah, you know, it's definitely. I would stay. Oh, I, it, it, but it's one of those films where I guess if you're not paying attention, you might just think it's a normal superhero movie. Like if you just see the poster, yeah. I guess you might just think it's Michael Keaton. Really, is the movie within the movie? Yeah, it, it is the movie within the movie because it's it's definitely it's. I won't say too much to. There's not much to spoil, but except for like the end of the movie, of course, whenever movies get spoiled. But the the, the bulk of the movie is just Michael Keaton playing a troubled actor trying to make a comeback on Broadway, and we just see all the pains of the behind the scenes of it. And it, it's not shot real time, but it's shot in the illusion of one shot, which is really cool. That's wicked. Yeah, so you never, you, you never through the bulk of the movie, through most of the movie, you don't see a shot cut, even though it kind of jumps in time. So someone will say like, oh, it's showtime tomorrow, but it kind of turns a corner in the in the in the, the back alley of the Whoa. theater, and then we're at the next day, and I just yeah, it blew me away. I, I, Michael Keaton has to win. Not I, I always say like you know awards don't really matter me to me, but I can't. He has to win this Best Actor award now. I think he yeah. will. Yeah, but so yeah, it was great. So we're holding it over. So if you're listening to this right away and you haven't seen it yet. Come see it come in the next it. few days. Yeah, I had a couple of people show up last night at the wrong time to come and see it. No, yeah. It, it, we were showing Killers, and they're like, Birdman's not playing? Same thing. Come see <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could go wrong with mistaking Killers for Birdman. <laughs> oh, wow. But that's not a new thing. I always think it's... I don't think I've talked about this before in our young podcast, but I always remember stories of people talking about... and I, Maybe it started in the, in the 1970s of something like Midnight Cowboy... Um, or Taxi Driver would get a lot of critical praise and maybe a couple of awards, mm-hmm. and then people would just come to it mm. and be offended because awards traditionally maybe were associated with films like Remains of the Day or... or Sound or, of Music. Sound of Music, Wizard of Oz, and then something weird like Pulp Fiction would be thrown into the mix. I think even even recently with 12 Years a Slave, just because... Uh, and, and Django Unchained, because mm-hmm. of not necessarily the subject matter, but the violence in it. Well, no country for old men. Yeah, one best picture. Yeah, and yeah, anything. <laughs> that was. And movies like that don't normally win Oscars. No, or best picture at least. Maybe yeah. they'll get nominated, but. Yeah, and it seems now like they, I don't know. Even with the expanding of from five to up to ten films, it's worked a few times of getting weird stuff in there, different stuff in there, but yeah, for the most part, it's still the, what people deem as an Oscar movie wins that category. Mm-hmm. Kind of drama or heavy stuff or depressing things. Yeah. Stuff like that. Bio, biopics. Biopics. Yeah. And, and like the horrible statistic is of if you're 
an actress and the role is you've been abused or something harrowing happening, that's going to win over a nice role, like a, a feel-good role for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Meryl Streep's track record is for that, of her 87 nominations of what, <laughs> what is nice movies versus sad movies. She's well, she's with. won, I think she's won twice. Yeah. She won for Iron Lady, playing uh, Margaret Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she won for Sophie's Choice. Yeah. And Sophie's Choice, of course, you know, that's, that's that, the... I always that's, a, that's, that's an Oscar. That, that's the type of role that would get nominated and win. I, sure, yeah. I always feel bad in the moments after making the joke of Sophie's choice of somebody will say, like, do you want this cookie or that cookie? And it's like, oh, it's Sophie's choice. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's not an appropriate joke. I should not have said that even now. But, uh, yeah, so um, we're recording this on a Thursday, so we're on the midst of having a new batch of films uh, flip over tomorrow. Uh, and, like we said, the holding over of uh, Birdman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know tomorrow we have uh, The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I want to see this. Who directed The Gambler? It's from the director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that movie. And it's a remake of, it is a, remake, yeah. of uh, a James Caan movie, and which the, is excellent. And the Kenny Rogers song, of course. Yes. I like the old posters so much better. So when I was doing the newsletter, it was really hard for me to decide to pick a Mark Wahlberg poster. <laughs> <laughs> we should have put up. You a, wanted the James Conn poster for instead. Sure. Yeah. Did, um, there was like gambler TV movies, weren't there? Uh, yeah. Kenny, I think Rogers, well, Kenny Rogers. Rogers. We should yeah. put up that just to really confuse people. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, um, Mark Wahlberg's an interesting phenomenon because when I was a little kid, he was Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and he yeah. was, a delinquent. A delinquent in underwear, in underwear ads. And what, Jerk. what did he do? Was it Boogie Nights? Did Boogie Nights? I guess Boogie Nights was his and, breakthrough role. And then Three Kings on the heels yeah. of that? Yeah, and then he did that, that abusive boyfriend movie. Oh, yeah. Fear. Fear, Fear. yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, and, and now it's like he's, he's on this role now because like whether, and, and, and he's smart. He's one of those actors which a lot of actors are now. Like, he'll do, like, the, the mainstream kind of action hero movie, and then he's, but he's not afraid to take a supporting part in either an ensemble piece like The Departed or a weird movie like I Heart Huckabees. Mm-hmm. And that's great, because if you look at someone like Marky Mark in, like, 20 years ago, he would just be probably doing action movies or trying to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, he's doing the Transformers stuff. Yeah, he's, and that's, like, a funny example, because, like, if in between Transformers... Four and five, he ends up doing something like Iron Huckabees or Boogie Nights in between, mm-hmm. or even like the I haven't seen yet, but The Gambler, which does not have giant robots. He was and, in that Peter Jackson movie that I didn't see. The, the Lovely it. Bones. Yeah, did you see that? I did. Is I, that any good? I it's it's funny. I mean, I'm in the grand minority of Mr. Peter Jackson, the most successful filmmaker right now ever. But I really loved his older stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved uh, uh, Dead Ringers and... Um, oh, uh, you mean... Or not Dead Ringers. Dead Alive? Dead Alive. Yeah. I loved Dead Alive, and I loved um, The Frighteners, even. I really yeah, The Frighteners is the Frighteners. And, and then I, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, and... I'd watch those to death, personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean... My girlfriend loves Lord of the Rings, yeah. and she could name every horse and sword and <laughs> person... To me, it's just like, if someone talks about Lord of the Rings, it's like me talking about DC Comics or Star Wars. It's like, it's like Charlie Brown voice of like, wah, 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 horse, wah, 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 Christopher Lee, wah, 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 wah. 
But I like King Kong. I like King Kong for Peter Jackson. Again, great minority, mm-hmm. but it had dinosaurs, so that's that's my that's my true. benchmark. But Lovely Bones, I I I forget. Like I I think it was just kind of forgettable. I remember it being like a murder mystery. But yeah, that's about it. But um, my my biggest thing with Mark Wahlberg now is if anybody listens to the uh, Doug Loves Movies podcast, there's a comedian who. Uh, if, if you don't I think I heard this. Yeah, if, if you don't know what Douglas Movies is, it's it's a awesome movie geek podcast in which they do they get like three or four stand up comedians and sometimes like rather famous folks like like John Hamm or, or uh, uh, Chris Evans or Simon Pegg and they just do kind of movie trivia games. But sometimes people like Paul F. Tompkins will play Werner Herzog. Or oh, I forget geez. I forget the comedian's name, but he does Mark Wahlberg. And he's just in character for the whole game. And uh, now that's my brain pictures that that is Mark Wahlberg. So I want that comedian to go back and like do audio commentaries on all of the <laughs> Mark Wahlberg movies. So Mark Wahlberg has kind of been tarnished for me now because I just picture him as this kind of loudmouth, uh, uh, brash idiot from the Douglas movies. Who's al- I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's reality, who, who's, personally. Who's always talking about um, Donnie. Going to, to buy him groceries or, or, or yeah. Doesn't he do, is that the same guy who's like, hey, you know what I'm into? I'm into reflections. Like when people say, hey, who's that guy? He looks like a handsome Donnie Wahlberg. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that, that has tarnished me now. So, this will be my, God, this might be my first Mark Wahlberg movie post becoming a fan of this comedian. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to see if I can make my way through it without just laughing at that. And this is another, uh, like, kind of methody role where, like in Pain and Gain, I think he bulked up. Yes, and he looked like a he looked like a crash test dummy, or he looked like a the Michelin Man. Yeah, <laughs> and in this movie, he he went on one of those crazy like water diets or something, so he can like like maple slim, syrup and yeah. cayenne powder. Yeah, slim down, <laughs> and he's yeah. like super wiry and skinny in this movie. Yeah, because he's supposed to play this like desperate kind of suicidal. He plays he plays a, an English professor in this movie, so I don't know if that's mm. a stretch. That that's the biggest suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Poor Mark Wahlberg's going to be listening to this podcast somehow, just with a single tear. <laughs> He's never going to come visit us now. Uh, yeah, my, my friend Drunky was not impressed with Mark Wahlberg losing 100 pounds and looking all skinny. She doesn't like the skinny Mark Wahlberg. Oh. Yeah. But, um, and John Goodman's in this. John, John Goodman. Yeah. Goodman is great. And I, I love will, John Goodman. I will watch anything with John Goodman in it. I don't care. Yeah. I'll watch anything. And he's bald. He's bald in this movie. Are they like the nem- nemesis in this? He movie? plays like a like a loan shark, I think. Oh, cool! And it looks it looks pretty intense. He looks like a badass in this movie. I'm even going to watch Hangover Three sooner or later, just because. Yeah, I think he's John plays a, is in it. Yeah. Plays a similar role in that. Every single thing he does. Yeah. He can be a dad and then turn around and just be a total badass, scary guy. I was so happy that he was finally back in a Coen Brothers movie after mm-hmm. so long. Yeah. Even though it was a small part in uh, Lou and Davis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's really good in that. Oh, and it's just like that. Like when, I, I guess sometimes it's just like the logistics of making a film where people are busy or you don't have a part for your for a guy. But like, if you knew John Goodman, I'm just like put him in all your movies. I just, mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> just put him. Yeah, in he's all. really like he's really underrated. Yeah, and and he's one of the few guys who have kind of had jumps back and forth. Nowadays, it's more common, but jumping back and forth between film and and TV, especially after like a decade on a sitcom, yeah. mm-hmm. that now he can still do. Drama and and, and this, this leads me back to Birdman. Is I get defensive of Michael Keaton of people saying this is his big comeback film 
because I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. it's it's well, it's his first kind of showy role in a while. Yeah, and and it, and it maybe his first leading man role in a, in a in a while, but like, can you name? any actor who was kind of like middle-aged leading man actor in the mid 80s to mid 90s who still is and there's not like even if you look at um like Robert Redford like Robert Red or Paul Robert Redford is not like did not star in Captain America Winter Soldier he was a supporting part or Michael mm-hmm. Douglas is not starring in Ant-Man he's a supporting part so but you look at Michael Keaton. You end up in the like grandpa roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Older, and Michael Keaton's like pokes his head in and says something witty or clever or yeah, wise. And you look at his resume and, and he's he's balancing kind of like mainstream stuff, like supporting parts in like RoboCop, and then doing Pixar movies. Yeah, and then doing I think he did a, like an HBO miniseries of it. So he's still. It's like it's like you. It's, he didn't go anywhere. He didn't go anywhere. Yeah, he's still working. Like, it, and it wasn't like he was one of those like, like. I don't think he's, and it, it, it's, a, it's a kind of a, but it's like blurring that line, especially since he's obviously playing an actor who once played a superhero. So it's obvious where mm-hmm. people could kind of blur that line a bit. But he wasn't that kind of really sad story of like, you know, working, working Joe jobs or having to, to, to sell his movie props or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so he didn't go to, down to those depths. But because yeah. when, when you watch a movie like this, you can be guilty of thinking it's a documentary and that it's Michael Keaton doing a play on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. Like that Nick Cave movie? Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. 20,000 Days on Earth? Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Which was, I don't know anything about Nick Cave, but I guess that was like a, I watched the movie and liked it, Mm -hmm. but I guess it was the same thing. It was kind of like a pseudo-documentary. Yeah, like I don't think it was supposed to be, but from what I understand, it's pretty close to his actual life. Yeah, but they film stuff like... um, it's not a typical, he's playing himself in that It's not movie. a typical talking heads kind of documentary. It's yeah. Got yeah. a narrative to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with this and even what I thought was funny in this was uh, Ed Norton. There's a part where Ed Norton he kind of he kind of comes in to save the show because another actor uh, he's like the the at the last minute they get a new actor in to, to fill this part and it's Ed Norton. And within the context of the movie universe, he's like a famous Broadway guy, but he's really difficult to work with. And I think in real life, that is Ed Norton. Yeah, apparently he's got a he's got a bit of a reputation. And like super talented, but I believe like with more movie geek stuff, like after he played Hulk, he wasn't fired, but he just kind of wasn't asked back. Yeah. And from what I understand, like Joss Whedon and the powers that be at Marvel went, Ed's great, we like him, he's very talented, but do we want to work with him on three to five more movies, or do we want to work with somebody who's easy to work with? And that's kind of what lost him the gig. Yeah, he, like, he got ruffaloed. Yeah, like everyone loves Mark <laughs> Ruffalo, <laughs> and it is, and it's a thing. It was like, uh, uh, you know, American History X. The director wanted his name taken off it, and I believe there was all kinds of kind of stories of Fight Club and some movies that turned out okay. Like Fight Club is a modern classic, but it's like, do you want to come to work and work sixteen hours every day with somebody who's instead of just you know coming up with ideas, but who's always questioning your script and always re-editing Demanding you. Well, I, I think David Fincher, who, who directed Fight Club, could probably handle a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, an Edward Norton. Yeah. yeah. But apparently he was... Uh, this all started with American History X. Apparently the director yes. and him didn't get along. Yeah. He like, was stepping on the director's toes or something. And I think that movie turned out okay. So yeah. Maybe it's like good news, bad news. Like bad news, very difficult to work with. Good news, it turns out okay. Good news, he might improve your product. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. But you, but you just have to deal with him. 
But yeah, now, right now, I, I like I, I might come see Birdman again, and I, I have so few hours in the day, but I just like it was one of those movies the that soundtrack when it, is incredible, and oh, so yeah. it's hard not to, even if I have a bunch of work to do, not to zoom in and take a peek and see what's going on. And it was one of those movies that for for me, I, I I'm a movie nerd who watches the end credits, but at the end credits, mm-hmm. I was sitting there just kind of soaking it in, yeah. and just you and a lot of people, yeah, lots of folks <laughs> have stuck around. And there's nothing, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, Sam Jackson doesn't turn up at the end of the credits or anything. <laughs> but, but yeah, and, but now what is, what, uh, I'm very curious, like, uh, there's always kind of this, like, Oscar curse thing of, like, after the Oscars, you know, like, your next couple movies, like, uh, Halle Berry after the Oscars did a <laughs> pretty terrible turn. She um, did Catwoman. Catwoman. But I, I, I want to see what Michael Keaton does next. I think he'll be smarter. I think he'll kind of do some more supporting things or kind of, do something like I, I, I want to see if, if another big filmmaker will say like come come play with me again if, if mm-hmm. Quentin says come do this or Martin Scorsese or somebody like that says come yeah because even at like I can see him playing playing a mobster for oh, sure yeah. like an Irish mobster yeah and, and, and at this point in his career he, he's like I, I believe he's 63 years old so he's kind of you know I think would be happy to settle into that kind of supporting part cool part kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah but everybody in the movie... Uh, um, but he still has a lot of energy. Like he's oh, yeah. Still, you know, he's aged really well, for sure. Yeah. Um, Emma Stone, I really liked in it. Um, Naomi Watts, who, mm-hmm. again, like, leads me back to uh, I Heart Huckabees with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I love that movie. And that movie's not for everybody, but... It's not for everybody, no, but... Man, there's a scene with Mark Wahlberg having, like, a nervous breakdown and, like, yelling at everybody yeah. around a dinner table. Yeah. And I think that might have been the point where I'm like, oh, you're, you're an actor. You're, like, I, like, I, I liked him in that... He's still always Mark Wahlberg. Like, I can't imagine him playing Abe Lincoln, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. But, but, uh... I want to free the slaves, all right? Yeah. (laughs) That'd be good. Um, so we have... Yeah, so... We're going to be opening Gemma Bovary. Bov... Yeah, Gemma. Bovary? 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 Starring Gemma Arterton. Yeah, what, like, and... What are the one in a billion chances of having someone named Gemma playing someone named Gemma? That's the only thing I could comment on that movie because I haven't seen it yet. But that's that's the only thing that caught my eyes. Like you can't have someone. How did that happen? But uh, yeah, I don't know. But I know her from. She's done a couple of like. What did she do? Really mainstream stuff like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, and she was in uh, Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Briefly. Yeah, and she was in uh, that Guy Ritchie movie, uh, Rock and Rolla. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what else? Um, we played a movie of hers which looks similar to this called, what was it, Tamara Drew? Mm-hmm. It was like a romantic thing, but it was based on a graphic novel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's, so yeah, we have, again, I always say, like, I like, it's like a good mix of, like, like, not to be cliche, but kind of like a, Gemma looks like a, a nice, a nice mainstream kind of film festival kind of movie. Yeah. And then we'll have Birdman on along with that. And then... Uh, Big Hero 6, finally. Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to see Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6... Uh, and this isn't a... This is not a Pixar This movie. is a Disney movie. This is a Disney movie. It's a weird blur now because... God, time flies by, but however many years ago, 10 years ago or so, Disney, uh, amidst starting their we're going to buy everybody run, bought Pixar. And in that era, it looked like Pixar might be breaking up with Disney. So everybody else was like, Come play with us. Yeah. So they bought out Pixar. When that happened, my first reaction as a giant Pixar fan was, oh, no, Disney's going to ruin Pixar. But instead, Disney put a bunch of folks like John Lasseter, 
the creative minds at Pixar into big, big, big CEO roles around the studio. And what happened was Pixar fixed Disney, and they they fixed their feature division. They they made a go at trying to bring back their classic animation division. They brought back short animation. They brought back documentaries. They supposedly fixed up the theme park. All this kind of stuff. But now you have this weird blur where like Wreck It Ralph or Big Hero Six might kind of look like. Pixar movies because it's a lot of the same folks kind of I think kind of well whenever I read these reviews for the the non-Pixar movies the critics are always saying yeah it's okay but it's not it's not Pixar yeah like Pixar is like this benchmark yeah and maybe Disney's trying when they're not producing a Pixar movie they're just doing something on their own I wonder if it's like the same as like people gravitating towards like name brand craft dinner versus like no name (laughs) you know know? Pixar craft dinner you know the number of times I've heard somebody mistakenly say that uh, Kung Fu Panda or Shrek Mm. was Pixar and I think there's a like the whatever the percentage of the movie going audience who don't care about audio commentaries and behind the scenes and podcasts which is the bulk of them like like 75% 80% they look at a computer animated movie and they see Pixar. So they just think they've done all of them. And Much like a lot of people would look at an animated film and think, oh, Disney. Yeah, like say like back in the day, like um, Anastasia or, oh, or yeah. something like that. They would say, that's Disney. You're like, well, no, that's classic animation, but it's not Disney. But like, I love Wreck-It Ralph a lot, but it was clearly like, let's do Toy Story with video games. Yeah. Like that's the pitch of that movie. And Big Hero 6... And I'm, I'm so inter- I'd like to read an article about this, but I'm so interested that they didn't play up the Marvel Comics angle very much. I remember it's, seeing an early trailer. I don't even think it's on the poster. I don't think so. And you would think uh, if, if I was, was Marvel involved in producing this movie, or is it just based on the comics? It's, I, I, I guess they were involved as much as that. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, it's a because it doesn't. I, I haven't seen it, but I don't. I don't think it has that like Marvel brand at the beginning with mm-hmm. the, the the flipping of the pages mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing. But if, if I had been the power... And I think Big Hero 6 did very well, but, I, I mean, now everything gets, gets compared to whatever was the biz, biggest success before. So, like, when I was a kid, if $100 million was a success, and then, when, then it was like, oh, $300 million. Now, it sounds insane, but now, like, a billion is the success. Like, yeah. like if you have a movie like Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it only makes six or seven hundred million dollars people panic and that sounds so insane insane. uh but i I, so i I think big hero six did well but it didn't do frozen or wreck it ralph numbers and i would think that if they would just said frozen is like beatles mania though oh yeah Yeah. frozen (laughs) Frozen is like still like if we had the ability to continue if if frozen wasn't locked away in the disney vaults and we could just show frozen once a month it it would be like kid rocky horror i think yeah yeah (laughs) But Big Hero 6, if, if I, I would be like, from the studio, I'd be like, remember that movie that was out a few months ago with a talking tree and a talking raccoon, and you never heard of those characters, and it made a whole bunch of money, and everyone loved it? Well, this is just like that. It's a bunch of characters you've never heard of from that same publishing house. But they, yeah. they didn't seem to play it up very much. I'm as excited for this movie as I was for WALL-E, which is to say, a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still really love WALL-E. Yeah. And, and I think Big Hero 6, even the, the trailer is just very well done. Like, really kind of plays up what it is, that it's a superhero movie that's different. That, that is adorable. Yeah, that is not Incredibles 2, that even the characters look different. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking very forward. I'm going to be coming to see that. It looks like a really funny movie, too. Yeah. Like, 
and kind of like tongue-in-cheek jokes and the the best I could imagine if you're many of my friends who are parents the best case scenario is a movie like this that you could bring the kids to that isn't you know some some boring horrible kids movie that you can enjoy that a kid can still enjoy yeah and I just imagine back in the day of like a kid having or a parent having to bring a kid to like the Barney movie I think there was a Barney feature <laughs> film there was yeah um, at my siblings were big Barney fans and singing your days of the week <laughs> you can only do it so many times before you start losing brain cells yeah so so now it's like you know if and, and it, kids I have learned from my friends kids the, the thing with kids is they find something they love and they don't realize that there there are endless especially in this day and age endless other options, options out there yeah. so you can watch Big Hero 6 and then you can be like oh hey let's now watch the gambler watch the gambler yeah <laughs> But like, like, no, I love Big Hero 6. I'm going to watch that over and over. And I think that's in theaters. Like, when I was a kid, movies had more legs. They'd be in theaters for like a year or six months. Mm-hmm. And now, when you finally get your copy to watch at home, it was Yeah, like it was a big deal. A golden nugget. But now I think kids will, which does well for us, because, like, you know, we're not naive to think that people didn't go see Big Hero 6 at the multiplex. But what we hope is that it's people who didn't go see it coming to see it and... People who love the Mayfair are still going to come see it here. Yeah, and kids coming to see it for the second or third time. You know, yeah. like when kids are coming to see it on like a birthday party, half of the they probably all seen or it like before. Or like we have nothing to do on Saturday morning. Yeah, and coming to see Big Hero Six for that reason. But yeah, I hope it did well enough that it it didn't um, hinder them wanting to do this more. I, I yeah, I like sequels are fine. There's a lot of great sequels. Like I mean, Toy Story. Toy Story is the prime example that I think most people are in agreement that Toy Story was great. Holy cow, Toy Story 2 was better. Oh my God, Toy Story 3 was the best. <laughs> I think it goes the, like up, down, up. Okay. Like Toy Story 1 was great. Yeah. Toy Story 2, meh. Yeah. Toy Story 3 was awesome. Toy Story 3 was so like, good. On par with the first one. I don't understand how it was that good. Like, that, yeah. they, like you guys don't have to be putting this much effort into this franchise. <laughs> oh, but it did so... Uh, <laughs> and it was like cozy watching that movie. The, I, I'm going to... If you haven't heard Toy Story 3 and care about it being spoiled, don't listen to this in the next couple of minutes. But the, the, the climax of Toy Story 3, in which it looked like all of our heroes were going to die in like a, whatever it was, like a trash compactor or garbage, whatever, garbage yeah. dump, for like a really long second, I was like, they're going to do it. They're going to kill all the characters. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't. And, then, and they did. And they did. Good job, Pixar. But yeah, it, it's... Uh, so yeah, so I, I don't know what Disney has on the horizon. I know I know Pixar has some exciting stuff coming up, uh, both with some sequels. Because I think Toy Story four and and Finding Nemo two, and then they're doing a couple of original concepts. I don't know what Disney's doing next. I'm, I think they're doing Frozen two, which would be interesting because Disney, except for like horrible straight to video stuff back in the day, didn't really do sequels. Like they didn't really do, um, like I, I, I don't know. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I was working in video stores, and it was just just horrible. Like, stuff that really gave Disney a bad name for a long time, of just straight to DVD, straight to VHS, just barely a feature. They'd be, like, 62 minutes, and they'd just be taking some classic concept like Lady and the Tramp. In the 90s? Yeah. Oh, man, that just reminds me. I got a Mary Kane Ashley Olsen flashback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it wasn't just Disney. It was, yeah. like, across the board. But now, yeah, but now there's, I mean, there's barely such thing as video stores now, so they, I don't know what that, 
market is now. But they seem to be just concentrating more. Well, now with Disney, they've got this this cash cow going of, of Pixar, Star Wars, Disney. And they're just going to loop that. They're going to yeah. have, like, one movie of each of those things for the next... Well, there's going to be, like, you know, 50 Star Wars movies. Yeah. Some people don't like that idea. And I'm Ooh, like... Moly. I'm like... Well, because they're going to do all these spin-offs. Yeah. Instead of just sticking to the... So basically the, all the fan fiction that's on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to life. Yeah. And I'm all in. I'm ready. <laughs> because, like, if you watch... Shows tend to be a bit shorter now, but say, like, I don't know, like, like a, a season of Law and Order, if that's the traditional 22 episodes. And uh, I'm not going to do the math, but whatever 45 minutes times 22 is, is more than two hours. So if you can have a two-hour Star Wars movie once a year... I'm all good with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that. And, it, and it's just like anything else. As long as you keep up the creativity, and as long as you have a good good team behind it, uh, I'm all good. I'm 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 ready to watch. I'm ready to watch J.J. Abrams Star Wars right now. Yeah, right and, now. And right now, I'm ready. Can we have it now? Can we please have it now? But and then um, to get back to talking about Mayfair stuff, uh, some folks have been act, asking uh, via the old Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff what we're doing for Valentine's. Uh, we are having the Painted Lips Lolly Licks Festival, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I think will be very uh, well attended again. We've, I remember a couple years ago it was, if not sold out, packed. I like, think last year sold out. Yeah. Or like, was pretty close to. Yeah. And, and a very fun night. Um, of course, again, under the banner of maybe not for everyone, but, but really good diverse stuff ranging from nice kind of romantic comedy kind of things to full-blown porn. 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 <laughs> full-blown, you, my, my, my banner of don't want to be sitting beside my mom watching it e- level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. But we, we, it looks like we will be programming something in probably like the 7 o'clock slot for Valentine's, uh, which will... Something Valentine's-y. Yeah. Not so much anti. <laughs> which, by the time you listen to this, might be announced on our, like, Mondays we, we announce what we're playing the following Friday to Thursday, so that should give you enough time to make your dinner plans accordingly around our, our, our Valentine's-type film. In the past, if I remember correctly, it's been stuff like uh, Annie Hall, Amelie. Harold and Maude. One Harold and Maude. Sure. Oh, Harold mm-hmm. and Maude. Stuff like that. So, yeah, so we'll have something, um, a, a feature film to play, um, and then you could come see Painted Lips as well. Uh, but whether... Porn is more your style, or a Whether film. Whether you more like naked people or not, not. We'll, we'll have something for you. Yeah, we'll have something for you. You can either come to dinner, then come to the porn, or <laughs> or come, come to dinner and then come to the porn. That, that's our new slogan. <laughs> that's, that's our motto. That's not our business cards. Uh, but yeah, we'll have something Valentine'sy around around Valentine's Day that uh, you can come and check out. And yeah, people. What people, else is happening? Oh, we got a question about the cinema. The. Uh, the complaint about podcast number one, which I was so proud to get. Yeah. Um, what was that the, again? Um, the... he, he was mad about Batman. When we did the, the, the Batman 75th birthday tribute, we had, yeah. we had Batman 89. And then Batman 66. 66. And 66 uh, was, was an old a print. To, it was a treat to find. It yeah. was a treat to get. It was a treat to play. But it was and an old print bad. with no. chunks missing. Yeah. And, 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 and it was a little faded. And I, I did the introduction and said, like, you know, this will be a bit of a bumpy ride, but if yeah. anybody has any yeah. issues, let us know. The Very understandable. The is up there ready to fix anything. Yeah. The projection you know. is just sitting there ready to grab it when it, you know, breaks, because <laughs> yeah. it's going to. 
And and as people might not understand, is like a film print. That's that's the thing. Like that's the thing that has screened and gone through the projector. I don't know if this was it an original film print, but it was old. Like it yeah. was an old old print. So so our listener was upset about that. About and the fact that we played it at all. Yeah. Because it was such poor quality. Yeah. And well, we were talking about as, aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. That too, And yeah. how, you know, we take that seriously. But then he complained, well, how can you take aspect ratio seriously and not, you showed this not, bad yeah, man. Yeah, that's what it was, was beat yeah. up. And, it, and that was the thing is like, that would, that was likely the last time that might ever be shown. Yeah. But a lot of times, I, I find an audience at a movie like that knows what they're getting into. Quite a few people are coming because we get the opportunity to play print of yeah. whatever that is. And when something, and sometimes, like, I mean, I'm, I love Batman, and I notice it enough. And, 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 and to, to be fair to our complainer, he's right. And I, felt, I was sitting there going like, I don't oh, disagree. man, I, I, feel, I might feel bad about showing this that people paid six or ten bucks to get in, whatever. You but know. I think we're pretty good at, at letting people know before yes. the show. Yeah. That, you I know, think this... perspective is everything, too. Like, yeah. this guy might not have liked it, but at the same time, some people do like the, you know, seeing the splices and the scratches, and the, it's part of the experience because they know that it's old. And, I, and it was a pretty decent crowd. And I, fe- I found most of the time people just laughed, especially because it was Batman 66, laughed further. Like, say if you're watching that and you're, you were trying to watch... Birdman, and it was that poor quality. You'd be like, "Why is this going yeah. on?" But Batman sixty six, there'd be stuff where like he'd go like to the Batmobile, old chum, and then it would cut, and you 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 would miss like six steps. So they'd be like running. There was one that was really great that it was like he was running to the bat pole, and they just about hit it, and then it cut, and they were just running from the bat pole. So you missed the two seconds of them sliding down the bat pole, and there was a couple things like that where like lines of dialogue were cut or whatever. But that's that's the 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 curse, the blessing, of the curse of film is that you got to think like I remember back when we showed film more frequently, we got something like like Avengers or Harry Potter, so something that had been shown at the multiplex here in town four times a day, seven days a week for two months, three months, whatever, and it was messed up, like it was it had 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 dings in it, and that's and some that, new prints yeah come to us in I mean. Obviously not anymore because we mostly get digital. But some new prints would come in worse shape than yeah prints that had been played a while ago. Yeah, but you then know? there was something I always forget what it was. It was a Chuck Norris. Was it Invasion USA? It might have been Invasion USA. We showed a print of that <laughs> like yeah. like three years ago. That's the movie where Chuck Norris is driving around in a pickup truck, killing terrorists for no reason, and you don't know what's going on. It's just him. It's glorious, but yeah, and but it was that movie, and it was. Uh, uh, Delta Force? Is it Delta Force? The one where it's like kind of like a, a like Agents of Shield thing, and, the, and there's it's the guy who who was the lead in Rocky Horror, and he was also on the TV show Spin City. That actor. Oh, Tim Mega Force. Mega Force. Mega Force. <laughs> and those prints, it was like they had come fresh off the assembly line, and there wasn't a fingerprint on them. Ugh. They were. It was the best staggering. But I think what happened is maybe Mega Force came out, or Invasion USA came out, and they made X amount of prints, and then they went. Oh, that really tanked at the the five hundred preview things. Let's not release this yeah. in a bigger thing. And I think that's what made it happen. It looks like we have twenty extra prints, Joe. Yeah, and and I think so. In that case, it's beautiful. So I do understand the complaint about a beat up Batman print, but sometimes like that's that's it, you know. Like and if you yeah, I and, and like I get where he's coming from. Absolutely. Yes, oh for sure, yeah. But if you shift your perspective just a little bit, then it ends up being just a fun hangout with like three hundred people you don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And now, I'm not, I haven't paid attention to eBay, but now I think it's like either film prints are getting more readily available because people have nothing to do with them, or they're be getting more expensive because they're a pure like collector's item. But, but yeah, like we, we can't get a film print of Birdman. It just doesn't exist. They don't even make them. They don't make them. Um, so yeah, so when we show film prints, it's stuff that either a collector or somebody has, and then we tell the distributor and say, hey, we got this. And so we still are paying for Like It's not that we just get When you own the film print, you don't just get it. Like, you, we still got to pay the distributor and that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, they're just... And as the years go by, they'll get fewer and farther in between, with the rare exception of, you know, your Chris Nolans and your Quentin Tarantinos. Yeah. But for the most part, people aren't going to be making them on film at all. Well, so. apparently Kodak was going to go out of business, and then... Uh, a company came in. Yeah, the studios struck a deal with them to keep them afloat. Yeah. So, so we have Sounds a handful like of a... filmmakers who are... So film is still... Kind of alive, just not as, you know, yeah. it's not the main format. It's going to by maybe, like, vinyl for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> right now, it's like, like, it's like six big shot filmmakers. And the thing is, like, indie filmmakers, it's way cheaper to shoot it digital. But maybe they'll, they'll still keep it in film school. And, and they'll be, I'm sure, like anything else, like, if there's a band who wants yeah, to record on vinyl. Film school is, like, now. Because... I got to experience it about 10 years ago when yeah. they were still loading film into the camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on the tail end of that, so I, like, edited on a, on, a, on film mm-hmm. and, and, and did on film and then did, did, did both sides of the thing. Doing sound on film is fun because you get to, like, make all the sound effects and build your layers and all that kind yeah. of thing. But other film prints will return on, on occasion when we get them. And, Whenever we can. And you'll be, you'll be warned via uh, Facebook or, or our newsletter that it's on 35mm. And if it happens to be a beat-up print, I'm we sure. We'll make an announcement. We'll make an and, and if you really hate it, we'll like 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 the lady who thought Birdman was too weird. We will <laughs> yeah, refund your us. ticket. We'll <laughs> give you your money back, so you can come a different time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I think that's about it for this episode. Mm-hmm. We'll wrap things up, and uh, I think the theater's going to get ready to show. We'll pop up on. Yep, and get ready to show uh, Mr. Turner. And we should mention that we're uh, the show's now available on iTunes. Yeah. And Stitcher, so you can listen to it on your smartphone. So that means we're moments away from uh, going on tour and selling T-shirts like yeah. uh, Smodcast, right? This is it. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> this is Being it. on the new and noteworthy charts. Yeah. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, keep in touch via va- various social media means or in person. Mm-hmm. Mayfairtheater.ca and Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Facebook, Carrier Pigeon. Just come to the box office. Come to the There'll theater. So many people who've stopped by to be like, "Are you on the podcast?" Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I got a, I got really a compliment hear. last night. Ah, oh, you guys did a great job. We'll be mad with power any minute now. <laughs> yeah, it'll go to our heads. Okay, we'll see you again in about a week or so. Bye. All right, take care. <laughs>